plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star. Are you are the party starts now? Well, hello, power partners, and welcome to our informational playground. This is Star Style Be the Star You Are, brought to the airwaves under the auspices of Be the Star You Are charity. And we are live as always this Wednesday, coming to you from the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel, and I am your host, Cynthia Bryan, and I hope to seed, stimulate, and support space for a positive, meaningful conversation that you may have, you know, tonight, tomorrow, and in the future. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are Charity, continuing to do Operation Disaster Relief. You can visit BeTheStarYouAre.org for more information. And this is a a quote from Goethe that I live by and I coach by and I really feel that it's important. It is, treat people as if they were what they ought to be and you will help them to become what they are capable of being. Isn't that a great one? So let me repeat it again because I just love it. When we treat people the way that we want, you know, we believe that they have the power to be, they actually strive harder and they be it. So here is his actual quote. Treat people as if they were what they ought to be and you will help them to become what they are capable of being. So let's go out there in the world and do that this week. Well, today's show, we're going to give you an update on um, COVID, what's happening, treatments, and obviously um, vaccinations for kids as well as things for college. Then in segment two, you everybody's heard of the butterfly effect. While originally based on weather and climate predictions, it really has become a metaphor for the effects of chaos theory, that concept that small events can have huge, widespread consequences. And did you know that 99.9% of monarchs have disappeared from the West Coast? So in segment two, you will find out what we can all do to save the butterflies. And finally, segment three, people are spending more time outdoors. And so With innovations in technology, materials, and creativity, outside spaces can be as beautiful and as comfortable as indoor spaces. So we will discover ways to lounge, gather, and dine in style on your patio, your balcony, your porch, or, you know, maybe just by a big, big window. (laughs) So I hope that you will um, stay tuned for the whole show. So turn up the volume and uh, stick with me. So, you know, uh, as COVID-19 raged through the country in 2020, surprisingly, highway deaths were up despite social isolation. And I found that really interesting. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration 
had expected fatalities to decline because 13.2% fewer miles were driven in 2020 than in 2019. In fact, if you own a vehicle and you had to pay car insurance, you might have even gotten a refund or two. But the latest National Highway Safety Traffic um, Administration estimates say that there were 38,680 traffic fatalities in 2020, which was a 7.2% increase from 2019, and it's the highest number of deaths since 2007. 18% of people were in that 25 to 24 age range. 15% were in the ages from 16 to 24, and 14% for those that were 35 to 44. And interestingly, people over 65 saw a 9% decline, and perhaps that was because they were the smart ones staying home as required because of COVID. But I just found that statistic interesting. So, There is some new hope, uh, you know, on the horizon as far as uh, COVID-19 is is concerned. Evidently, cases are on a downturn for the first time in months because vaccination rates are rising and there are new treatment options to fight the virus. So perhaps the state of the pandemic is finally looking up. That could be so great that to be a little bit more optimistic. There are new strategies and tools that physicians and experts now have. So um, let's kind of look at what the new updates are on COVID-19 treatments and vaccine. So uh, one of the newest available treatment is uh, a monoclonal antibodies, and they are currently the most effective treatment for COVID other than the prevention achieved with vaccines. The IV treatment mimics the antibodies the body makes if it gets an infection, but when you get COVID, you don't necessarily have time to make your own before you get sick. So when can the monoclonal antibodies be administered and how effective are they? You can get these monoclonals through an IV within 7 to 10 days of a COVID diagnosis if you have symptoms and meet the criteria. Now, you just do need one factor that puts you at higher risk, such as a BMI over 25 or have diabetes. Now, the sooner you get the monoclonals, the better. They can provide an 80% reduction in your chance of going to an urgent care or hospital, and your chance of uh, dying is significantly diminished. But here is the caveat. The protection, does, the protection doesn't last. It only lasts about 20 to 26 days, and you don't get any durable protection like the vaccine gives. Now, a lot of people ask if that ivermectin is a useful COVID treatment. You see a lot of you know, uh, especially, you see a lot of people uh, talking about it, but it's still being studied in uh, in uh, just a few large trials. But it's very difficult because so much of the data that is out there isn't actually data. It is, um, it's supposedly these impressive trials. They turned out all to be falsified or ethically challenged. So at this point, there's no compelling data that says that uh, ivermectin has any role in treatment of COVID-19 at all. So stay away from it. 
um, I think, you know, get the vaccine or do the monoclonal. Now, um, you know, they, the boosters have been approved, and, and that includes those um, who are in a, immunocompromised. And data suggests that after six months, there may be a drop in protection against infection with the Pfizer vaccine. And even if you're eligible, it's not urgent to run out and get a booster because your initial shots are still, you know, 90% effective against hospitalization and death. But it's a good idea. And uh, as far as a booster for the Johnson & Johnson, um, a second dose given two months or longer after the first may get folks up to the same level of protection as the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines. Supposedly, the Moderna is a little bit more, you know, a couple of percentage points more effective. Now, what if you've already had COVID? Is a vaccine necessary? Lots of people think that they've had the they've had COVID and now they're, you know, they've got antibodies or immune. Well, this isn't true. What um, the physicians and experts have seen is that people who had COVID can get infected again. And a study cited by the CDC concluded, if you had COVID and you do get a vaccine afterward, and this is the great news, you are more than twice as protected against infection. And uh, they've also found that um, if you get COVID, the second time you get it is usually much, much worse and much more dangerous. Uh, I have a couple of really good friends who got COVID and they had, you know, they were sick, but they survived it. But then a few months later, they got COVID a second time and both were hospitalized and very, very sick and um, very scary. They actually thought they might die. And they, um, as soon as they were better, they ran out and got vaccinated. Now, Um, We love this idea that an antiviral pill made by Merck is hopefully going to be available soon. And it could be a game changer. What it does is stops the virus from being able to replicate. And studies are showing a 50% reduction in hospitalization and or death. So if you get a diagnosis with COVID, the idea is that you would immediately start taking these pills at home for five days. And boy, does that sound good. Now, Pfizer, as you know, um, has been approved for a lower dose vaccine to give kids a robust level of antibodies and even kids who are big for their age. And so that is really exciting news for parents that they're going to have this option. However, you know, a lot of parents and guardians have a lot of concerns about childhood COVID vaccines. And many towns are and cities are having what are called town halls, usually by Zoom, in an effort to address the questions from parents and guardians that um, that following the U.S. Food and Drug Administration's emergency authorization of the COVID-19 vaccine for ages 5 to 11. So uh, this is what health officials and pediatricians are saying. So nationally, more than 2 million cases have occurred over the case of the pandemic in the 5 to 11 age group at the time the COVID-19 vaccine was approved. And a recent CDC study showed that cases and hospitalizations in general were 10 times higher for unvaccinated adolescents than in vaccinated adolescents. 
And since the pandemic began for 5 to 11-year-olds, there have been 8,000 hospitalizations in that age group. Now, that's nationwide. And just here in our area, there have been 120 kids that have been hospitalized. In the last 18 months, um, 680 patients under the age of 18 have died from COVID in the United States. And, you know, of many questions that are received, the most common concerns for panelists to discuss are why children should need this vaccination if they are healthy and COVID symptoms are typically mild. And what is being recommended, uh, why they recommend the vaccine is um, a couple fold, because even if it is mild, it's very important to protect children and those in our community who have underlying conditions. It's an important conversation to be having anywhere. In an age when we have a vaccine that's 90% effective, which is unprecedented after two doses, it's really sad and senseless when you can help prevent disease in your child. And this is what uh, physicians-in-chief at uh, Kaiser Permanente are saying. COVID is simply a virus that wants to get into a body and it wants to replicate. So you have to think about COVID not just as, you know, me getting it um, or my family getting it, but we have to think about all of us and how we can protect all the people around us and our communities. Now, um, they also added in this that around 30% of kids hospitalized with COVID did not have underlying conditions and were extremely healthy. And those who had COVID, there is no guarantee that you'll have any antibodies after resolution of the infection. And in fact, just because you've had COVID doesn't mean you won't get it again. And what they have seen in kids, especially, and actually in all ages, at this is the second time around is much, much worse. Uh, and that's for all ages, as I was saying earlier about my friends. So um, another question that a lot of parents have, and I, it's a good question. Uh, they ask why you can still get sick after you're being vaccinated. And the COVID-19 vaccine is just like the measles vaccine where boosters are required and rare outbreaks among the vaccinated are typically mild. And the COVID vaccine is just like that. It cuts the risk of getting severe COVID and of being in the hospital or dying of COVID by 90%. And you have to keep in mind that no vaccine is 100% effective. No vaccine is 100% effective. So every one of those 680 deaths of children that died this year, it's, it's tragic. And there have been so many other children who have been left without a parent because their parents died of COVID. So COVID in the last year is the number six in the top 10 causes of death for kids. And, you know, it's a vaccine that prevents death. So over 5,000 kids have ended up in the ICU with an inflammatory syndrome, and some are left with severe disabilities. So even if they don't die, they might be disabled. And unfortunately, as we all know, 
the, these vaccines have become politicized and we have to look at each other and we got to really protect each other. So think about not only yourself, but think about others. And as COVID continues to circulate in our communities, every pe- uh, person, especially the unvaccinated, becomes a reservoir for new variants. So we really do have to, um, you know, think, uh, you know, it's like <laughs> love thy neighbor as thyself. Now, other ways kids can stay safe in schools if they aren't vaccinated. Uh, with good ventilation systems, spacing in the classrooms, masks, and of course, high vaccination rates among teachers and staff, kids can be fairly safe. Studies have shown that COVID transmission has mostly occurred outside of school. But when vaccines for kids are available, they really do offer the best protection. So once you have really you know, done your research, talked to your doctor, thought about it, uh, really think about getting those vaccines for your kids. I think it'll be great if we can get them for the young, younger, for the babies, and up to four as well. Now, the CDC put out an urgent warning to pregnant women to get vaccinated, but some pregnant women still have concerns, and unfortunately, there's so much false information out there. The vaccines were studied in pregnant women, and millions of pregnant women have gotten them, including my daughter and all of her friends that were pregnant. And the misinformation that the vaccine can cause pregnancy complications is really tragic because Pregnant women infected with COVID are at a higher risk of ending up in the ICU and losing their babies. And the vaccine is so important to protect not only the mother, but it protects the unborn child. So that is such a good thing to know. And I know that my daughter, who is nursing her newborn right now, just feels so much safer knowing that she has she's protected as well as her baby. And how do we know that the vaccines are fully safe and won't cause issues years from now? And this, I think, is something that we all can, you can look at and, and really feel good about, is that these vaccinations have been studied for decades. And all of the side effects that, um, that they've seen already are detectable within the first six weeks. And now this shot has been given to millions and millions of people. So all the side effects that that um, we're going to see, doctors and specialists feel that they already have seen. Now, for the latest information on COVID-19, you can go to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, which is the cdc.gov and forward slash coronavirus. And then I just want to, before I go to break, just talk a little bit, a little bit about uh, college and COVID with your student, because I know a lot of the kids that I've coached and um, my radio, some of my radio um, personalities on Express Yourself, you know, they're all juggling the college thing now. And so most colleges planned on fall 2021 being a time to return to in-person education. And, you know, nobody realized that there was going to be this Delta variant that threw all the plans just into turmoil. So schools had to adopt a, a, you know, a big range of approaches to reopen while trying to keep their students, their faculty, and their staff safe. And what will normal with Delta or any other variant look like for your student when they are ready to go to college? So you have to get ready for lots of variety and seemingly endless divisiveness. 
because vaccination is a hot topic for colleges. Uh, around 60, co- I mean, 600 colleges across the U.S., vaccination is mandatory, and there are more coming on board every day. And while these requirements have been met with both support and resistance by students and staff, private schools are within their rights. They can make their own mandates. But other colleges, both private and public, are not requiring vaccines. And in some cases, statewide mandates or local policies have influenced or restricted the introduction of vaccine mandates. I mean, think about Texas, for example, where public universities cannot require vaccinations, although private ones can. So an overwhelming majority of colleges that do not require vaccines still think it's a really good idea. And so here's how these schools are operating. They are encouraging students to get vaccinated through incentives or disincentives. Incentives that schools have used included discounted tuition, discounted housing, discounted meal plans, and even some colleges were giving away free computers, gift cards, or campus apparel just for people to go out there and get the jab. Now, the disincentives are often related to fees or testing frequency. Rice University, for example, which does not have a vaccine mandate, and Rice is in Texas. I have a couple of kids there, not my kids, but, you know, people I coach. Um, They do have a testing mandate, offers vaccinated students the convenience of being tested less frequently. Rhodes College in Tennessee requires testing, where their testing is free to the vaccinated students, but unvaccinated students have to pay for their own. So you can see colleges are planning for many elements of the standard college experience to be in place. However, it's going to be changing all the time because the school schedule, as we know, was completely interrupted in 2020. And it's hard to get back on that semester or quarter system and, you know, to take breaks at Thanksgiving or winter break or spring break. And again, for many colleges, dining halls and libraries are open as well as on campus housing, but with some restrictions. So even with schools mandating vaccines, spaces like dorms and dining halls have changed. And many campuses have allotted more room for dining so students can maintain safe distances from one another and on-campus housing options have also decreased capacity, upping the number of single occupancy rooms to allow for social distancing in personal spacing. And of course, masking and social distancing rules for classroom on campus in the community have been written into school policies and student codes of contact. So these extra measures may have been viewed as unnecessary in the past, but with the Delta, the breakthrough infections, they're so alarmingly common And the week probably are going to have many more variants to come. I think we're going to have COVID with us for a while here. So we just all have to be um, a little bit more proactive. So many colleges are seeing it as their duty to protect the unvaccinated members of their college community, as well as the broader community in which the college operates. And there's only one thing that we can be certain of for students considering college in the United States this year and in future years is that everything is changeable. It could change tomorrow. And we just have to 
help our students navigate the challenges and help them grow their resilience as they boldly venture into this uncertain global future, which is pretty uncertain for all of us. Well, when we come back from break, we're going to talk about butterflies are free, and I think that you will enjoy this going into the garden. I'm Cynthia Bryan. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. You can find us on the Voice America Network, the Empowerment Channel, and also at StarStyleRadio.com. I'll be back in a bit. Don't go away. Be the star you are. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world. Lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR. 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 And visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan. www.cynthiabryan.com. Are you a teenager with lots to say, but no one to talk to? Let your creativity explode and your voice be heard on the radio program Express Yourself, a show by teens, for teens, and about teens. No topic is off limits as you connect with teens with attitude. Check out Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel and join our global community where teens talk and the world listens. www.btsya.com You can express yourself become our friend on facebook post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward slash voice america it's power time on star style be the star you are with your passion purpose and possibility producer cynthia bryan now back to the power party this business of show well thank you so much for staying with me here on star style be the star you are i hope you are all out there being the star you were meant to be well edward lorenz who was a meteorologist he is the one that um, coined that phrase if a butterfly flutters its wings in brazil could it cause a tornado in texas Almost everyone has heard of the butterfly effect, and it was originally based on weather and climate predictions, but it really has become a metaphor for the effects of chaos theory, that concept that small events can have huge, widespread consequences. And as I was driving home from work one late October day and listening to a radio program chronicling the rapid extinction of many species on our planet, I was struck by the comment that 99.9% of monarch butterflies have vanished from the West Coast. They uh, were uh, almost on the extinction list. I mean, (laughs) 99.9 actually puts them really, really close. And only a few years ago, I had enjoyed a really glorious November morning in Pismo Beach among thousands of monarchs fluttering through the gum trees at Monarch Grove. 
So I did know that right here in the area where I live, I knew that the Moraga Garden Club had a goal of revitalizing the monarch butterfly population with a program called Moraga for Monarchs. And so I drove straight to this park that's called Rancho Laguna to investigate the progress of the project. And I was blown away at how quickly the area had developed from barren land to a lush, organic, ecologically beneficial beauty basin. The co-founders, who were Julie and Bobby, were quick to point out that it was a community project of love with support not only from the members of the Garden Club, but also from the town and St. Mary's College and uh, the Moraga Garden Center and the Park and Breck and, you know, numerous service organizations and, of course, of wildlife experts. So the goal of Moraga for Monarchs is really simple. Repopulate monarchs throughout town while providing public monarch habitats, educating citizens, and providing plants to support monarchs and other pollinators in private landscaping. And I love this idea because this is something that all of us can do really no matter where you are because what I'm going to tell you here um, with the different plants and things that you can do is you can bring butterflies and pollinators to your garden, including monarchs, but also other species that could be on the extinction list. Now, by first planting um, nectar plants that bloom February through April, followed by monarch-specific nectar plants for blooming in October and November, a garden will be attractive to pollinators in all seasons. And that means besides butterflies, beads, birds, hummingbirds, lady beetles, bats, and other helpful insects, they'll all be darting and swooping through a nourishing landscape. So, you know, following this lead, every gardener can easily invite a bevy of beneficials to take up residence in your garden. Um, The website that they have is a cornucopia of ever-evolving information, and I'm going to give that to you at um, at the end of this segment. So it tells you about what are nectar plants. It talks about milkweed gardening, building a habitat, as well as supportive plants that are currently being installed in this monarch garden. So when I visited, there were just swaths of cosmos in several colors that had grown to over eight feet high. There were purple salmon and chartreuse zinnias. They shone in the sunlight. There were black-eyed Susan and purple vervinia and agastache and lobelia and sage and mints and yarrow and butterfly bush. And there were so many bees and butterflies. And I even saw many, many monarchs. Uh, There was a trickling rock waterfowl that I found out was powered by the sun and that offered a sweet drink to the flyers because you have to have uh, some place for them to get some water. And I wasn't even aware that there were waterfalls that could be powered by solar. I mean, it makes total sense. And it was fantastic. So this is something that I want to look into because I just love waterfalls. Now, milkweed are growing to feed the caterpillars, and there are passion flower vines that twine up a wooden pergola and wood chip paths that meander throughout the plantings. And then they've also done signage that thoughtfully 
have, you know, it's been thoughtfully installed throughout the beds to instruct visitors on what species they're looking at. The habitat is totally fenced to keep out the hungry predators as well as people. Now, the hungry predators, that would include, you know, deer and rabbits and raccoons and, of course, uh, rats and squirrels and Although squirrels might be able to climb on the fence, probably. And turkeys, unfortunately, can fly over. But they're installing benches along the outside of the fence. And the, the fence is wired so you can see through it. You can see all the beauty uh, through the fence. And they've built it in such a way that you can, you know, go around. Kind of, it's circular. So you can go around the whole thing and, and get a feeling for it. And then benches will be installed because uh, it's a work in progress so that people can, you know, sit, watch, meditate. Oh, it's volunteer operated. So volunteers are maintaining the garden. They're carefully pulling out the insidious bindweed. And they are lovingly pruning, deadheading, and sowing seeds. So this is something that other communities could uh, replicate, or you could replicate what they're doing in your own garden. And there's something incredibly magical about witnessing the flight of a butterfly as it gathers pollen on its legs and and disperses it as it flits from flower to flower. Everyone can enjoy a butterfly way station next spring by planning now what you're going to plant. And if you want to erect a monarch and pollinator oasis, you can check out the resources that are provided by the Moraga Garden Club in collaboration with the Xerces Society and Monarch Joint Venture. Now, that website is moragagardenclub.com, and you can just click on the Moraga for monarchs. But I want to give you a little bit more info. This is a list of milkweeds and plants that you may want to consider. Now, milkweed. In um, California, it is recommended to only plant California native milkweeds because there are many different milkweeds, but you have to plant the right milkweed. So wherever you are, look for your native milkweeds. In California, it's the narrow leaf, the showy, the California, the woolly, and the heart leaf. The ones that are not recommended here are common milkweed, the um, butterfly Uh, weed and the tropical milkweed and then other milk other milkweed so you just have to look you just have to look um, and find out which milkweeds are going to be fine for you but if you're listening to this show here in California narrow leaf showy California woolly and heart leaf are going to be the best now some sampling of flowering nectar plants And I have most of these in my garden, and my garden is filled with pollinators and butterflies. So agastache, um, anise, bee balm, black-eyed Susan, brodea, butterfly bush, California brittle bush, cat mint, cianthos, coyote mint, corabels, cosmos, echinacea, goldenrod, hairy gum plant, lavender, leatrice. Uh, Lobelia, lupin, monkey flower, organ grape, passion flower, passion vine, penstemon, rosemary, salvia, sage, seaside daisy, snake lily, sweet joe pie weed, sunflower, 
Chthonia, Verbenia, Yarrow, and Zinnia. Now, that's just a sampling. There are definitely more, but these are my favorites, and these are ones that are also planted in this habitat. So just keep remembering that butterflies may be free, but the monarch is on the possible extinction list. And we all need to do our part to save our planet by saving our pollinators. We already know that bees are dwindling and so many other critical species are endangered. Start pesticide and insecticide-free gardening habits. By being proactive with organic gardening practices and establishing healthy habitats, we will all enjoy our personal paradises while supporting our garden guardians. My dream is that when a butterfly flutters its wing in my home area, it will cause peace throughout the world. So nature lovers are welcome. And again, um, the, that butterfly garden is free to visit. And for more information, or you can even make a donation if you want, but for more information on how you can save the monarchs, Go to moragagardenclub.com and click on Moraga for Monarchs. But I am very impressed with what they've done, and I think you will be too. And when you check it out, you will want to um, to incorporate many of their, their ideas and their strategies. And they also have several websites that you can go to to get more information on other pollinators. But again, very critical to organic gardening is to eliminate pesticides and insecticides because they do not only kill what you think you're killing, but they they harm all the beneficial insects and other wildlife as well. Well, you are listening to Cynthia Bryan. I am the goddess gardener, and I'm also host of Star Style, Be the Star You Are, and producer of Express Yourself. So keep on listening. We'll be back with a business bite. And then we're going to finish up with how the outside is inside. Don't go away. Be the star you are. The star you are. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Well, rush, rush, rush seems to be the order of our fast-paced culture. But in order to be successful in business and in life, we have to be healthy and we have to feel like actually working. So here are a few tips to help you face your work life with vigor and with enthusiasm. Take mental relaxation breaks by taking a brisk walk outside, preferably where you'll get a great view of nature. Laugh away your problems by renting a humorous video. Enjoy a siesta instead of a heavy lunch. Try eating a delicious tropical fruit or go dancing, even if it's just in your living room. Have your teeth cleaned and get a therapeutic massage. Learn to love water. Have a cup of tea with honey and lemon. Control your anger and stop procrastinating. Every tiny thing you do for yourself will improve your overall outlook on life. Look on the bright side even when it's cloudy outside. A positive attitude lowers anxiety and increases overall health. 
And it usually increases your bottom line as well. So remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's CynthiaBryan.com. Be the star you are. The star you are. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. Bethestarur.org. Dare to care. us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is calling out. Well, we are back and we're going to go from the inside to the outside. And it has uh, most of you know who might have been listening to me for any uh, any period of time, whether it's one or two shows or for the last 22, is it 22 years, 23 years, that um, not only am I doing radio and being the goddess gardener and uh, being a garden consultant for outside, but I have also been um, an interior designer through the American Society of Interior Design. For over two decades. And thanks to innovation in technology, materials, and really creative thinking, the outdoor living space has become the new living room. It's like a resort-inspired place to gather, to lounge, and to dine. And this makes me really, really happy because I am an outside girl. I would rather be outside any day, even if it's raining, unless it's super cold or if it's snowing, I'd rather be by a fireplace with a cup of tea or a glass of wine. However, (laughs) um, otherwise, I really love being outside. And as soon as I can figure out a way to be outside almost all the time, I'm, you know, without being homeless, that is, uh, I will be doing that. But, you know, about 20 years ago, when I was really involved in doing a lot of interior and exterior design, there were not a lot of all-weather furniture collections out there that were attractive. I mean, and if you think about it, you know, it was a lot of plastic furniture and just, and the fabrics, they, they only lasted a season. Nothing was really good. But now two decades later, um, it is, it's really hard to actually determine what is meant for the interior and what's for meant for the exterior rooms and spaces. The outdoor room has become the new living room of the home. And Absolutely throughout the country, new homes are being designed, they're being built, and they're being remodeled 
around the outdoor space. And they're including weather resistance and performance upholstered furnishings, kitchens, tables, fire and water features, floor lamps, umbrellas, pavilion shade structures, and lots of durable art and outdoor televisions. In fact, um, with the Moraga uh, Butterfly Garden that I was just telling you, they're going to be getting a six-foot-high art installation that's being donated in copper of a butterfly, which, you know, that's going to be beautiful. So this is no longer a trend. This bringing the inside outside and, of course, the outside inside has become a lifestyle choice. And it is an opportunity for all of us and for designers to offer their clients, but for anybody who really wants that total resort at home look or that live, work, play environment completely reimagined with furniture that will accessorize the largest outdoor room or rooftop. And especially now, with all of us, I don't want to say all of us, with so many of us working from home, we really look forward to having some outdoor space, even if it's on a balcony or a porch or a deck or, you know, anything. We want to get outside and get that fresh air. So I think more than ever, we really are looking for our outdoor and interior spaces to flow together and to be natural and work with the landscape. So we're looking for comfortable, well-made furniture that is going to withstand that brutal, like here in California, oh my gosh, this California brutal year-round sun. Um, We want custom seating that might be built into hardscape walls. We're looking for edible gardens. We're looking for water features that enliven the space and nourish our pollinators, our birds, our wildlife, you know, the squirrels. I mean, these are all signature design strategies that good garden consultants are taking into account because the features for your outdoors need to be intentional. They need to have purpose. For example, if you need shade, then you want to plant some vines like grapes or passion fruit which, as we just heard, you know, the passion flower vines, it's going to attract the monarchs. So you might want to have a pergola. They're not very expensive to create. Maybe you are handy, you can build them yourself. But we work from necessity, and we want to keep it simple and especially beautiful for the outdoors. Uh, You could say that our mantra of working from necessity and keeping it simple is really part of a sustainable approach to design because just being outside, even if you're, you're sitting on a blanket, you know, in your backyard or on a lawn or in the park, that is like green living because what you're getting fresh air, you're getting natural light and you're not using any energy on the grid. So the earth has bountiful energy. And when you, you know, take your shoes off and you put your feet or your back on the grass, or, you know, hug that tree, as they say, it actually feels like you're recharging. And I know for me, Josh, my engineer, was just saying, uh, he was saying that, because I told him I need a lot of Cynthia time, and he goes, yes, it's important to recharge. Well, it is important, and for me, recharging is being outdoor. So, So, well, some of the things that 
you'll want to do if you have, if whether you're renting or you're owning, keep your outdoor spaces simple, clutter-free, make them feel fresh, have them be very easy to clean, and you can bet there's always going to be places for relaxation because you need to be able to recharge and relax. That is a hallmark of any good getaway, right? I always think about a resort and I know when um, when friends or family come to my garden, the first thing they say is, oh, my goodness, even though, the, you know, I feel like I'm in paradise. I feel like I'm at a resort because that's my goal. And my goal is to provide a space that just encompasses all the senses and helps me recharge, unwind, relax, power down, and just be one with nature. And that's my goal when I work with clients, obviously. So if you are surrounded, for example, there's an edible garden, you have solar lighting for when it's dark, you are already exercising sustainability in its highest form. That is a green design philosophy. That is a kinship that we have to have with nature. So, you know, the sovereignty of nature, it is a strong concept and nature I like to integrate nature into every aspect of life. To me, that's just really, really important. And uh, if you've ever been to um, Bali, that is a lifestyle where everything is integrated. You know, nature is really integrated into life there. And you really embrace the beauty of the outdoors. Well, that resonates with me to bring that concept to people here that, Everything we do is nature-bound. So we want to look for pieces that are created to supplement and embrace nature. So we can also, um, you know, hospitality spaces are also focusing on this a lot. With, you know, um, in hotels, for example, they have to withstand, and, and to companies, they have to withstand heavy traffic and endure the elements. So residents of homes, they have to search for ways to bring home the ambience that they find at a resort. And when it comes to creating an oasis for your own backyard, homeowners, they want to invest in furniture that's not only beautiful, but it has to be durable, uh, functional, and above all, comfortable. I mean, to me, comfort is king. I want to, to sit on something or lie down on something And just like sink into it and, you know, feel that if I spend a few minutes, I'm going to get up and feel refreshed. So um, I want to feel inspired when I'm outside, too. So I need to see a lot of green and I like to see a lot of color. Now, I look at my garden and like jewelry, the combination of materials um, and the furniture with, you know, any kind of detailing patterns, textures. It feels like a gem, and that, to me, makes it all feel more like paradise. Uh, when you are working to, uh, for, to create an outdoor living environment, you can take cues from fashion, from art, and, of course, from the design uh, world because everyone, I think, is more willing to take a risk and make a bolder design choice for the outdoors than they would for the indoors. And I really love that. I know that when I was doing interior design, I often had clients that just wanted beiges or grays. 
and I would have to slowly introduce color. And when I would do kind of a big splash of color outdoors, they would love it. And then they would say, ah, well, maybe we could bring that color indoors. And that is very exciting. Now, um, all the different paint brands like um, Sherwin-Williams or um, uh, Kelly Moore or Benjamin Moore, they all do trends, uh, the designer trends every year. And so you could even look that up on the website and find out what colors, what are the trends that are happening and how they integrate with nature. Some things are really whimsical. You know, they might be chili red. They might be a clementine orange, mint green, a cotton candy pink. I really, I actually like a cotton candy pink sometimes. Um, And sometimes they're just the tried and true sophisticated neutrals. You know, they might be a, a muted blue, they might be kind of an aqua color, or or greens that blend with the landscape. They're, all the different colors are highly sought, sought after. It just is, what is it that you like? And then while the kitchen has always been considered the heart of the home, these days, outdoor kitchens are quickly creating their own pulse because outdoor entertaining and living uh, spaces have become like the must-have rooms. So you might look, I mean, again, these can be pricey, so you have to be careful. But fully equipped outdoor kitchens, they are giving homeowners the same level of functionality that, um, that they have indoors, from cooking appliances like grills and smokers and pizza ovens to burners, uh, refrigeration, freezers, countertops that are resistant to heat, cold, UV rays, you know, abrasions uh, and strains. And of course, thanks to the advanced technology that has been developed over the past few decades, we can now create these outdoor spaces with the same ease of an indoor space. And I've noticed when I've visited some new construction nearby that most of the new construction is actually incorporating outdoors. So the outdoor room has become the new living room of the home. So think about it. 82% of American homeowners are interested in updating their outdated living spaces um, now, that more so than prior to the pandemic. So you might want to think about that. Uh, another thing is that um, 65% of American homeowners aged 35 to 44 say that a full outdoor kitchen is important if they're going to buy a home. And those are the people that are actually buying homes these days. So thanks for being great listeners. That's our show for today. Make sure you're tuned in to Star Style, Be the Star You Are every Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific with me, Cynthia Bryan, your personal growth coach and your goddess gardener. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. To know more about the charity, visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate. See beyond your physical being. Know you already are the star you dreamed of becoming. And read a book this week and go to my website and pick up some of our books that are on sale now. They'll make great gifts for the holidays. I'll autograph them. You'll get lots of extra goodies. So until next week, when we celebrate once again, remember, love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. 
My name is Cynthia Bryan for Star Style. I thank you and encourage you to be the star you are. Be your unapologetically authentic self. Have a wonderful week. Dream, create, inspire, make a difference. And I'll be with you next Wednesday. Thanks for joining me. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the star. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.